You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. In this week, in 1945, there was an extraordinary military uh, excursion that until very recently I knew nothing about. And I thought it would be interesting to have this perspective and this information about something that happened in World War II um, that I don't think most of you know much or anything about. And so we have with us today uh, Christian Beckwith, whose podcast is 90 Pound Rucksack. And the story I'd like to start with, and we welcome him to the show, and thank you for being with us from Wyoming. The U.S. Army's 10th Mountain Division did something quite extraordinary. Who were they, what were they, and what did they do in 1945? Well, good morning, Bill. Thanks for having me on your show. During World War II, the U.S. Army's 10th Mountain Division was a very unique cadre of cold weather and mountain specialists. And it was put together over the course of about three years to fight the Axis powers in conditions that America had never encountered before. And so they trained most famously in a place called Camp Hale in the Colorado Rockies. And in early 1945, they were deployed to Italy and inserted into a place called the Apennines. So this is the second largest mountain range in Italy. And they were specifically given the mission of breaking Hitler's Gothic line. So this was a series of fortified summits and ridges that Hitler had used to tie up allied powers for more than 500 days. And the key feature in that, in the Gothic line was something called Mount Belvedere. And the Allied forces had actually taken it three times, but they'd been unable to hold it because right adjacent to it was something called Reaver Ridge. And Reaver Ridge when it was an escarpment so steep and precipitous that the Germans basically didn't guard it because they considered it impossible to climb. And so this became the mission for the 10th Mountain Division, which was comprised of America's finest climbers and skiers. And so on February 18th, 1945, beginning at 7 p.m., so under cover of darkness, 800 10th Mountain Division soldiers ascended four separate lines throughout the night without headlights, with packs weighing up to 50 pounds. And in a thick fog in the morning, they were able to capture the German soldiers on top without an American casualty. In so doing, they were able to break Hitler's Gothic line because they took out Reaver Ridge, which was the perfect observation point that allowed the German soldiers to continue to retake Mount Belvedere. So the following day, the 10th Mountain Division was able to take Mount Belvedere, that broke the Gothic line, and then they were able to roll essentially like a tsunami over the German soldiers, which helped precipitate Germany's surrender of Italy. So, Christian Beckwith, uh, you're an alpinist. You're a climbing historian. You climbed high, tall, difficult mountains. How difficult was this as a military and as a climbing uh, excursion? Is not quite the right word, but uh, endeavor. I mean, you say these these men are climbing a really difficult, 
very steep mountain with 50 pounds plus on their back, um, plus, plus their weapons in the dark, and they made it? How hard was that? And I can see Christian Beckwith speaking. His mouth is moving, but I don't hear the words. Oops. I would. There we go. I would. Keep going. Please. Uh, I went over in August to the Apennines to see for myself what this was like. And I went up the route um, called Route Number Three. So there were four routes. The third one was the steepest of the bunch. And this was put up by a fellow named John McCown, who is how I fell into the story backward and is the protagonist of the book that I'm working on and that 90 pound rucksack serves as the real time research for. So in ascending this, I, I assumed that it wasn't actually that technically difficult. There were around six sandstone bands along the way that John McCown, as part of his scouting, fixed with uh, ropes and pitons to facilitate the travel of um, C Company. So he had 270 men that went up it on February 18th. And what I was humbled to find was it was actually, it was difficult for me in August during the day. It was um, about 40 to 45 degrees. There was one rock step in particular that, you know, I just went up by myself. There weren't any tra trails. And it probably wasn't a responsible family man kind of thing to do on your vacation. I wouldn't have wanted to reverse it. And I just came away from it with incredible respect, just thinking of trying to go up it with, you know, 270 of your men with in winter so it's cold it's icy there had been a thaw which had turned everything in the during the daytime to slush and then it froze at night so it was icy and um assembling this unit and ascending this line under those conditions is a remarkably difficult accomplishment and in fact the 10th mountain division today was also over there this last summer and i've asked major general general anderson who is um greg anderson who's the commanding officer whether his unit could do it today and he's not sure you're you're a climbing historian you have founded uh and have been the editor of many climbing magazines inclu including the mountain yodel the uh, alpine journal the uh, alpinist magazine which you still are the uh uh editor of uh why don't we know this story because you draw the line from this successful military uh incursion uh to the surrender of uh of germany and italy why don't we know this story why is this hidden it's a good question because it really lies at the root of america's one trillion dollar outdoor recreation industry so in their training, these uh, tens of thousands of men were, um, they were equipped and clothed and fed via uh, an evolutionary process that developed everything that Americans currently use to go outside. And 
we really, I, even I didn't know about it. And this is sort of my, this has been my work for the past three decades. Um, you know, when people think of the 10th Mountain Division, they often think of them in terms of skiing because post-war 10th Mountain Division veterans fanned out across America and helped develop and found more than 60 ski areas. So if they're known for anything, they're known for that. Ski areas like Vail and Arapahoe Basin and Steamboat were, spart were started by 10th Mountain Division soldiers. But it's a great question. When I query people within the outdoor industry itself, people at the very top of the industry, they have a vague understanding of the tense connection to skiing, but almost nothing else. And yet these 10th Mountain Division soldiers were responsible for coming up with everything from uh, the, the concepts of layering, the, um, the, the evolution of dehydrated foods that we need to go into uh, the mountains for days at a time, um, the, the boots and the climbing ropes and the, the skis and bindings post-war that had been developed for the 10th Mountain Division during the war. Post-war became army surplus equipment. And then with the post-war economic boom, that really became the impetus for that explosion in getting outside. And that was all a function of the 10th Mountain Division soldiers. In terms of the 10th Mountain Division soldiers training for this assault, for this climb, the title, the title of your podcast, the title of the book that's coming is The 90-Pound Rucksack. I'm sorry, not just 90-Pound Rucksack. Why? What is that? What is the import of that? Well, beginning in 1940-41, when they really started assembling, they would train with packs that weighed up to 90 pounds. And anyone who's carried 90-pound packs <laughs> understands the difficulty of that. And they were young, um, so they were strapping young lads. But at the same time, 90 pounds is, it's just a her Herculean lift. And um, they were doing it not only in the summer, but they were doing it while they were skiing. And it's a far cry from the sort of skiing we take for granted today with our, with our fancy equipment. They were skiing on seven-foot hickory ridgetop skis with these um, cable bindings and leather boots with 90 pounds on their backs. And so actually February 18th of this year, so Sunday, we've got an event called the 90 pound rucksack challenge taking place in three places that the 10th mountain division used to train in. So that's Whiteface mountain in New York, ski Cooper down near camp Hale in Colorado. And then right here in Jackson hole on a mountain called Mount glory. And it's an, it's an opportunity to pay tribute to the 10th and their signature action on river Ridge. And also to see how much, we can carry and what it feels like to carry loads up a mountain the way that they used to during the daytime without worrying whether someone's no. going to notice you. No, no, no. At night, it starts at seven o'clock the same way that they start. Oh, you're going to do it at night. Yeah. Without headlamps. If you can manage. <laughs> I, assure, I, I assured my other people in the studio here with me that this was a rational human being we were having on the show today. <laughs> oh, you're going to do this at night, and how long a climb is it in the dark with 90 pounds on your back? 
Well, we're trying to replicate what they did, but we can't. I mean, it's you can't replicate those sorts of conditions. But for example, the Glory leg here will take place atop Teton Pass. And Mount Glory, the ascent from the parking lot at the base of Mount Glory to the top is around 1,600 feet. Reaver Ridge had four different routes. They ranged from 1,500 to 2,500 feet. The average gradient was anywhere from around 35 to 45 degrees. Wow. But we, don't have, we won't have Germans on top who would kill us if they could find us. So that eliminates a, quite a significant factor. We are speaking with Christian Beckwith, whose podcast is 90-Pound Rucksack, the story of the U.S. Army's 10th Mountain Division and the dawn of the outdoor recreation of outdoor recreation in America. We'll be back with more on the celebration of this date of the 10th Mountain Division's extraordinary military adventure right after this. Thunder on a mountain and a spies on a moon Rookie said the alley and the sun will be here soon. Today's the day you're gonna grab my trombone. Or Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. We continue our conversation with Christian Beckwith who is a climbing historian, founder of Climbing and Alpinists magazines, uh, an editor as well, and himself a mountaineer. We are talking with him because we want you to know and I come to some appreciation of what he does on his podcast, which is 90-Pound Rucksack, the story of the U.S. Army's 10th Mountain Division and the dawn of outdoor recreation in America. The 10th the Army's 10th Mountain Division, which just did something militarily and physically, was an enormous uh, success and just, uh, I think, almost beyond description in terms of how physically difficult it was in 1945, this week in 1945. And you're going to try to replicate it to the extent you can this weekend, three different places in the United States and mountains. I'd like to know more. We were talking while we were off air and maybe you could help our listeners understand this as well. Were these all volunteers? Did they go to the Army? Did the Army go to them? How did that work? That's one of the most fascinating parts of, of, of this story. The impetus for America's very first and still only mountain unit came from civilian communities. So it was largely driven by the skiing and climbing communities. And it really was a collaborative effort, which had just never happened before in American military history. But the National Ski Association, the National Ski Patrol System, and the American Alpine Club, which is a climbing organization, helped put together the, um, the volunteers. They helped recruit them. They helped train them. They helped equip them, all in order to be able to take on this particular engagement on in Italy's Apennine Mountains. At the risk of asking a, a question that uh, might sound pretty dumb, do we still have uh, something like or the actual uh, U.S. Army's 10th Mountain Division? Do we still train soldiers to do this kind of, this kind of work, to engage in this kind of military operation? This is where it gets surreal um, because, yes, the 10th Mountain Division, which deactivated in, uh, after the war, so in 1945, 
reactivated in 1985. But when they reactivated, um, they were thrust into the midst of the global war on terror, which meant Iraq and Afghanistan. And they were still light infantry, so they were able to deploy rapidly and move rapidly. But they did not reactivate with those with those military mountaineering skill sets. When I began 90 pound rucksack, as it so happens, the 10th Mountain Division began an intentional return to its cold weather and mountain fighting capacities. So I've ended up going out to Fort Drum in New York to advise them on a number of occasions, um, helping them in their return to these capacities. And they are, ironically enough, in a very similar position to where they were in 1942, 1943, in relearning these skill sets that are necessary to fight competently in cold weather and mountain situations. Wow. If people want to know more about uh, 90 pound rucksack and the story of the U.S. Army's 10th Mountain Division, they can go to your, uh, your podcast website. How do they find you? You can find 90 Pound Rucksack wherever you find podcasts, so Apple or Spotify. You can also learn more at christianbeckwith.com. And do you continue your mountain climbing? I do. It seems they're moving the mountains back a little bit more every year, and they're rising them up a few hundred <laughs> feet every year, but <laughs> I continue to love it. And what's your favorite mountain to climb? Uh, it'd have to be the Grand Teton right here in Jackson Hole. Christian Beckwith, thank you so much for your time, for your insight, for your story, for your podcast. We really appreciate all of that and you. Thanks so very much for being with us today. Thank you, Bill. Quite a pleasure. <laughs>